0: Good morning! Also, happy Mother's Day to all my fellow moms out there. We're finally getting our day of being recognized for the trillion things we do every single day. And welcome to the first episode of the Death After Decaf podcast. Imagine a round of applause happening here. (laughs) It's a place where I just get to sit down and talk about all the things that interest me, about the big uh, what-comes-next-have-you. So stories about death and dying and just whatever else grabs my interest that uh, I want to talk about and I feel like other people need to know. The first thing I really want to discuss is the existence of grief, a totally normal and natural way that our brain copes with the abrupt change of losing someone in your life. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm really enthused by how our brains work. So like what fires off when, what hormones can cause what. So I decided to kind of deep dive into what happens to your brain while you grieve. And afterwards, we're going to talk a bit about different ways people grieve and celebrate the afterlife. So just sit back and grab you a cup of coffee, get you a snack, and let's pick at our brains and see how grief really affects us. Lisa M. Shulman, a neurologist from Maryland, spoke with the American Brain Foundation about how grief rewires the brain, and I found it so interesting. She stated that traumatic loss is perceived as a threat to survival and defense mechanisms, which makes a lot of sense to me, because grief triggers your fight-or-flight system, which is just a way we have emotionally adapted so we have a higher survival rate when we're faced with this trauma. So if you've ever suffered the loss of someone you care about, I'm sure you can relate with the other ways that grief can affect you. It can cause issues with memory, increase in heart rate, increase in blood pressure, changes in body behavior or function. It can even affect the functions of your heart and your immune system. So when you're physically or just not feeling alright when you're going through grief, that's okay. It's a totally normal response with the name of neuroplasticity which is just your brain's way of trying to rewire itself to cope with a sudden change so it'll create new connections in your brain to help with the process. Over time, grief can affect a lot of things in your life, such as memory, your decision-making, word fluency, and even the speed of which your brain processes really anything that's going on. It's almost like your brain is slowed down to the speed of decomposition to help cope with the fact that that's happening right then to someone you love. Or at least that's the way my brain takes it. I don't know. It even affects your visuopatial function, which in other words is how your brain helps you get through tasks every day that involve depth perception. Your way of analyzing the space around you, and it's even there to help you make your bed or build some Ikea furniture. It's quite an important piece of your brain that I'm sure anybody wants to protect. But taking care of yourself, talking to others about how you feel, and letting yourself really digest... And understand what's happening in your life is a wonderful way of just babying your brain and your feelings. Which sounds funny, I know, but you absolutely need to take care of yourself during such a difficult time for you. Death is selfish, so you're allowed to be selfish while coping with it. Really focus on yourself and your needs, and please reach out for help when you need it. Anyway, another form of grief is something called complicated grief, which is absolutely just as difficult to live with as it sounds. This kind of grief doesn't get better and is extremely debilitating to those affected by it. It can even get worse over time, and if that's not enough for you, it can even affect your memory and cause complications. A study from Harvard University found that those affected by this long-term grief sometimes have issues recalling memories that do not involve the loved one they have lost. Could you imagine already going through a lot due to the loss of someone you love and then slowly start losing yourself in the process? It's almost as your brain is just refusing to let go, that it's not over yet, That's it's really sad. Now, usually, when one experiences grief, they go through the five stages, and those are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, a Swiss-American psychiatrist and pioneer of studies on dying, wrote On Death and Dying in 1969, and she covered those stages, saying that it is our attempt to process change and protect ourselves while we adapt to a new reality. Now, when I initially think of those five stages, I don't always identify with all or any of them, which is also okay. She also found that sometimes people will only experience a few stages, if any, or all, when it comes to grief. Everyone experiences grief differently, and every grief experience is different. Totally normal, totally okay. Also, sometimes you don't experience those stages in that order. Sometimes you might cover denial a good once or twice, and maybe you'll start with anger. Who knows? It's not a linear experience, or it it could be for you. Who knows? Brains are weird. Also, if you think about it, we grieve more than just who we lose. We can grieve life experiences, who we were before something happened to us, your health, the end of a journey, what have you. The options are limitless, and it's all up to you, and they're all valid. I remember after I had my firstborn, I really had to grieve a lot of things. The way my body looked before, my life before, I suppose the freedom of being child-free. I grieved the thought of my first going from my only to my firstborn. I grieved the undivided attention I was able to give them, and that's okay. I don't regret my kids or anything, but I am allowed to grieve the life I have before them. Just like you were allowed to grieve whatever you need to. Anyway, I'm rambling, and it's Mother's Day, so it felt relevant, but I'm sure we're all on the same page now. On to how different people celebrate death as part of their healing experience. Like in New Orleans, Louisiana, one of their most famous traditions is the Jazz Funeral. Oh yeah, it's a mix of West African, French, and African American traditions and merge the experience of sentiment of not only grief, but of celebration. The marching brass band will typically lead the funeral procession from wherever the wake was held to the cemetery. They usually begin their march playing more somber music, kind of like hymns, and then they slowly transition to more joyous music, normally following the burial or the quote-unquote cutting of the body loose, as they say. And those in the procession will usually start dancing and those that pass by may also join in to celebrate the life of the deceased. Those who are dancing may also follow the band during the second line, where they will twirl their handkerchief in the air. Very sweet. It also sounds like a positive way to really start breaking down that grief and really digesting it. In Ghana, they have these things called fantasy coffins, and they're just as cool as they sound. I'm telling you, you need to look these things up. They're straight up masterpieces, and you need to see them with your eyeballs, not just hear about them with your ears. Ships, cobs of corn, shoes, guitars, and even a Coca Cola bottle are how the people of Ghana allow those who have passed to continue their passion on into their next life. They believe that death isn't the end, and that the afterlife is kind of like how our lives are here on Earth. They also believe that the deceased are incredibly powerful and have the ability to influence the lives of the living. So the families of those who have passed will go to any length necessary to please them by celebrating them with a very elaborate, final resting place that really represents what they were about. If someone built me a coffin that's just a Velveeta shells and cheese box, I would probably refrain from haunting them too. Just saying. And I'm sure most of you have heard of Dia de Muertos, or Day of the Dead. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. Um, But if you haven't, Day of the Dead is a holiday that dates back to the Aztec Empire. Time passed on and the Catholics blended it in with their soul's day to become this beautiful, vibrant celebration of the dead. Family and friends will gather to remember those who have passed and help support their journey in the afterlife. They'll go to their final resting place and build these private altars with the deceased's favorite foods, Drinks, personal belongings, and even some photos of them. They're doing this in hopes that it encourages them to be present so they hear their stories and prayers of all their family members that have, you know, joined up to say, hey, what's up, this is what's going on right now. The living also swaps stories, and the whole vibe of how you celebrate depends on those celebrating. Either it's mournful and full of memories, or it's a very happy and fun experience. And I'll talk about one more here before I close up on today's episode, which will be Cambodia. Now, they're Buddhist, so they believe that death is part of the cycle of reincarnation. Because of this, mourning isn't really on the top of their to-dos, but the family members will typically wear white and maybe even shave their heads for the funeral. Now, at the time of death, many Cambodian Buddhists believe that a Buddhist monk may be present to help guide the soul from the body, and to be there for them as they prepare for reincarnation. And usually, where I'm from, the body will typically be moved to a funeral home where they'll prep and present the body before the burial, but not in Cambodian culture. They keep the body at home, where it is washed and dressed by the family and prayed over by monks for three days. Now, apparently, it used to be seven, but due to modern pressure, it was sped up to three days. So that's what we're left with now a religious funeral will be followed by cremation where the ashes will then be given to the nearest Buddhist temple so they may assist the soul in reincarnation. So it's kind of like moral support, and I love it. And uh, I'm sure we'll all be lost on what to do next, so good thing they have that covered. Uh, I know I'd feel better about the process of dying, at least. So, thank you. Alrighty, well that was the first episode of Death After Decaf. What did you think? Do you have thoughts or comments or requests? You can send them over to me at deathafterdecafpc at gmail.com where I can see them. I'm really hoping that this will reach my target audience and that people will actually enjoy listening to something like this. Uh, And I'd also really like to get this on as many platforms as possible so it is easily accessible to anyone. Next week I'll be talking about cremation and how cool that entire process is. I'm super enthused by cremation, so I'm really excited to get working on that one. So I wish nothing but the best week upon all of you, and I look forward to talking to all of you again next Sunday. Thank you for listening to me today, and once again, I'm sorry. Happy Mother's Day to all my moms out there. Hopefully your day is full with as Many cups of hot coffee, uninterrupted true crime podcast or Netflix specials, and snacks to your heart's content. I will see you all next Sunday. Bye-bye.